Hello everyone, my name is Martin Soha. I'm a research fellow in the Center of Asian Affairs at the University of Łódź, which is a university-based think tank monitoring the situation in Asia-Pacific. Let me welcome you to my second podcast on the recent developments in Japanese foreign policy. Last time we were talking about Japan-China relations. This month I would like to discuss Japan's interest in the Middle East and how they are being threatened by the latest dispute between Iran and the United States. Let me start with reminding everyone that Japan's economy is in 89% reliant, reliant on fossil fuels and a large part of the energy production is based on burning oil. Around 90% of this oil comes from the Middle East, which makes maintaining good relations with the region a priority for every Japanese cabinet. For this very reason, Prime Minister Abe Shinzo supported the nuclear deal with Iran, which allowed Japan to, to resume oil imports from this country. For this very reason, Prime Minister Abe Shinzo supported the nuclear deal with Iran, which allowed Japan to resume oil imports from this country. Donald Trump's decisions to withdraw the United States from the deal and to impose new economic sanctions on Tehran was a setback for Japanese fuel imports and the entire energy sector. Japan, which has a long history of friendly relations with Iran, was forced to stop importing oil from this country. The fears of disrupting the oil supply were further heightened by the attack on two tankers near the Strait of Ormuz in June and by the bombing of Saudi Arabian oil processing facilities in September last year. As a response to those incidents, the United States government, which accused Iran of being involved in both of them, formed a new naval coalition to protect shipping in the waters of the Persian Gulf. As a reaction to the deteriorating relations of Tehran and Washington, the Prime Minister Abe Shinzo, with Donald Trump's blessing, started to act as a medi mediator between the two countries. As a reaction to the deteriorating relations of Tehran and Washington, the Prime Minister Abe Shinzo, with Donald Trump's blessing, started to act as a mediator between the two countries. The Japanese government did everything within its power to salvage a nuclear deal with Tehran and remain neutral, which turned out to be quite difficult. Although the hopes of saving the nuclear deal with, without the participation of the United States are almost gone, Japanese policymakers has managed to remain neutral in the ongoing diplomatic crisis. Prime Minister Abe refused to join the US-led naval operations, but to show its commitment in the region, the government decided to deploy the Marine Self-Defense Forces near the Gulf of Oman with intelligence gathering mission. This neutral stance was met with an understanding of Tehran. The proof of that was the visit of Iran's Prime Minister to Japan, organized in December, which was approved by the United States. Prime Minister Hassan Rouhani and Abe Shinzo discussed the objectives of the planned naval operation and possible financial support for Tehran, which is suffering from the economic sanctions. The situation worsened significantly after the killing of one of the chief Iranian military leaders, Qasem Soleimani, in Iraq, which was quickly followed by the retaliatory missile strikes organized by Tehran. As a result, the Iranian government informed that it no longer feels obligated to limit its uranium enrichment program, which was restricted by the international nuclear deal. This sudden deterioration of the security situation in the Middle East may entangle Japan in a conflict for which it is not ready. After the Iranian government claimed the responsibility for shooting down the Ukrainian aircraft, Japanese officials may find it difficult to maintain good relations with Tehran without exposing themselves to the international criticism. The situation in the Middle East became not only a serious security concern, but also an important political problem for the current Japanese administration. Foreign policy towards Iran, and especially the decision of dispatching the self-defense forces to the Middle East, received a lot of criticism from the Japanese opposition parties. 
The attacks on the US military bases caused a feeling of unrest among Japanese companies operating in Iran and Iraq. Three biggest Japanese banks in Tehran decided to transfer their staff to the neighboring countries. The opinion polls show that more than 60% of Japanese citizens opposed the government's decision of deploying the SDF forces to the Middle East. According to the opposition leaders, the presence of Japanese troops in the region of potential conflict stands in violation of Japanese constitution and threatens Japan's neutral position. Public fear of entanglement in the US-led operation may derail Prime Minister's plans of revising the Article 9 of the Constitution, which is one of the priorities of this cabinet. The efforts of maintaining good relations with Tehran and at the same time acting as a reliable ally of the United States look similar to the situation preceding the First Gulf War. At that time, Japan could not send troops to Iraq because it was prohibited by the Article 9 of its Constitution. Instead, the government contributed 13 billion US dollars to fund the military operation. This situation resulted in the humiliation of Japanese policymakers and undermined the importance of the US-Japan alliance. The diplomatic crisis of 1991 marked a move from the state pacifism to more security-oriented approach in Japan. In 1992, the enactment of the International Peace Cooperation Law enabled Japan to send its civilian personnel and self-defense forces as a part of the United Nations peacekeeping operations. In response to the growing military presence of China in 2009, the government led by the Democratic Party of Japan proposed creating an interagency body which would coordinate the national security policies. This idea was later realized by Prime Minister Abe Shinzo, who established the National Security Council. This was just one of many important changes introduced by the second Abe administration. We should also mention lifting the ban on overseas arms sales among Japanese companies and consecutive increases in Japan's military spending. But the most important changes came in 2015, when Japan passed several new security laws which enabled the government to send the SDF forces as a part of missions involving protecting Japanese citizens abroad, and the rescue of the UN personnel and NGO workers from threatened areas. Those changes theoretically give Japanese government the ability to respond to calls for support made by its allies. Prime Minister Abe himself has been advocating the idea of revising the Article 9 of the Japanese constitution and expanding the international role and capability of the self-defense forces. The idea of so-called collective self-defense is supposed to enable Japan to assist its allies in the time of crisis. If the current situation in the Middle East further deteriorates, we can expect that Washington will be calling on Japan to provide tangible and visible assistance. Although the possibility of sending Japanese SDF forces as a part of US-led coalition against Iran is very unlikely, the Japanese government may find it difficult to refuse the calls for help from Washington without compromising the relations with President Donald Trump. If the Japanese side insists on remaining neutral, it may lead to similar international criticism we could observe in 1991. To avoid political consequences and international criticism, the Japanese government should redouble efforts to stabilize the situation in the region. So far, Japan continues to play the role of the mediator. Tokyo praised Washington's calm response to the Iranian attacks on the US military bases. The Ministry of Foreign Affairs and the Ministry of Defense maintained a security dialogue with the Iranian government. Despite criticism from the opposition parties and unfavorable public opinion, the Japanese government confirmed plans to dispatching SDF destroyer to the Middle East. 
Defense Minister Konotaro defended Tokyo's decision, stating it was in the Japanese people's interest to protect the safety of navigation. Prime Minister Abe himself also continues to pursue regional diplomacy in the Middle East. In January, he visited Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates and Oman in the attempt to de-escalate the tense situation in the Gulf region. It seems that the Japanese government has mobilized all of its diplomatic resources to mitigate the ongoing security threats in the Middle East. With growing tensions in the region, the Japanese role of a mediator seems more important than ever before. We can also ask a question whether Japanese efforts will be recognized by Donald Trump's administration. Depending on the outcome, uh, they may be perceived as unsatisfactory and used as another pretext of criticizing the US-Japan alliance. I will probably expand on that issue in one of my future podcasts. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed our recordings. I wish you all good luck and hope to hear from you in the comments section. Goodbye.